Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more information on the shows and the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia and Podmetrics. The only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up for free at podmetrics.co and use my referral code RJ Ledesma. I remembered that two years before that, a good friend of mine, Charlie Cruz Sarate, had asked me to set her poem to music, and it was going to be used in the Silver Jubilee of her high school class. The title of the poem was. Ang tubig ay buhay, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So the poem was so lilting, so beautiful, it took me only a day to set it to music. And that melody, I remembered two years later, hey, I'm going to use that melody. Hello and good evening, Philippines. Thanks so much for tuning in. To the RJ Ledesma podcast. Of course, my name is RJ Ledesma. Very happy to welcome you all here this evening. In the RJ Ledesma podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs and learn more about how they think about business, what are their success secrets, how they've innovated their businesses during this pandemic, and what opportunities do they see emerging in this new normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview on this podcast? Please let me know and drop me a message. Now, Makaibigan, this is an episode that I have been looking forward to for the longest time, especially once the Burr months hit here in the Philippines. My next guest is literally the harbinger of Christmas here in the Philippines. When you start hearing his Christmas songs playing in the malls, alam mo na, it is ushering in the longest holiday season in the world. He has literally beaten out Santa Claus as the icon ng Pasko para sa mga Pinoy. Now, we want to know, will it be Christmas in our hearts this pandemic? Let's find out as I welcome Jose Marie Chan, Tito Joe. How are you, Tito Joe? Thanks so much for Thank joining you, us here on the show. Thank you, J.M. Chan. R.J. Ledesma, J.M. Chan. <laughs> I love that. Uh, we're both using our nicknames here today, Tito Joe. It's, been su- it's such a pleasure for me to really interview you here right now on the show. And tonight, you, know, you will be this. Yes, Tito. You know what I was going to do? Mm-hmm. When you were going to introduce me, I was going to do this. Thanks so much, Tito Joe, for being such a great, great sport and being on the show. It's so nice to see. I mean, you are not anymore just the man. You are the meme. You are the meme behind the, behind Christmas here in the Philippines. 
And here's the more interesting thing about uh, Tito Joe, you know. Tonight, he's got the vo- golden voice. But what I really want to get from him tonight is his golden advice on how to be- balance uh, business and show business, especially during this time of constant change. And of course, who oh. knows? He might, he might even sing a song or two. Are there any requests? Because I know what I want Tito Joe to sing, but what do you guys want Tito Joe to sing here tonight as well? And Tito Joe, my dad is actually listening here right now to the show as well. Uh, and my boss, Anthony uh, Luterio, Tonto Luterio of uh, Filipino Homes. Now, for those who don't know, Tito Joe is not only an award-winning performer, he's also currently the chairman and CEO of uh, Binalbagan Isabella Sugar Company, Incorporated, also known as Biscom, and of the H-Chan Sugar Corporation. And he's also the chairman and president of Signature Music. Uh, this is close to my heart, uh, Tito Joe, actually, Binalbagan Isabella Sugar Company, because my Lola uh, was born in Binalbagan, in, in Negros. So um, okay. it's, it's a very important place to us and my dad. So, and I've known your dad for many years. Yes, I was yes. starting to tell you that I knew your parents when they were still courting, when they were still boyfriend-girlfriend. Tito Joe, tell me more about that. They never tell me about that story. Well, tell me about that story. How did you meet my dad? Well, I met him because uh, of mutual friends. We had Sitoy uh, Lopez. Sitoy Lopez, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah and, and many others. So we, would, we used to go out together. And uh, then one day I remember uh, your dad and I were driving and we, we were headed to your house. I mean, to your mom's house. Oh, okay. You, you were still a dream. <laughs> so I remember that very well in Quezon City. Yes. Okay. Your fortune's wow. house was there. And she was a beauty queen, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when yeah. you look at RJ and he's good looking, mainly from the mother. <laughs> no, but, also good looking, but he's a he's a quiet, good looking man. That's right. But the but the but the smarts come from the dad. <laughs> Beauty Smart. and brains, si mommy, si daddy brains. Yan, parang ganyan. <laughs> and uh, this is the interesting thing about why I want to bring Tito Joe over here is because uh, there, you know I feel that Tito Joe and I are sort of like kindred spirits because. Um, if people don't know, I, I look up to him because he is somebody who I, whose career I sort of parallel in my generation in the sense that I am really a businessman in real life. No? But, but uh, I also have a, a performing career, which is my, which is my hosting job. And, and so, yeah. so I, I try to balance both. And um, what's interesting is that me and Tito Joe sometimes end up performing in the same event, in, in weddings and birthday parties. Right, Tito Joe, remember those type of those times? And there was one time I even got Tito Joe to kiss his wife during a wedding uh, during a wedding reception. Do you remember that, Tito Joe? No, you were going to ask me to kiss the bride, but then I said, oh, "RJ, <laughs> I don't do that." No, joke, joke, joke. <laughs> yeah. So, and I remember that. And the and the and the nicer thing which people don't know is that uh, why me and Tito Joe still have a very close affinity, aside from him knowing my parents and have similar similar careers, is that both of us are very active uh, churchgoers in San Antonio. Yes. And you know who else used to be a lector in our church? Rico Hizon. That's right. All Rico of us Hizon, together. Who's yeah. now with CNN Philippines. He used to be with BBC uh, in Singapore. Was an active lector in our church. Yes. And, and just like you, Tita Joe, I mean, today was Mama Mary's birthday. And I couldn't help but you know, feel a twinge of sadness because I was watching... 
the live mass from our, our favorite church in San Antonio. And as, as I was watching, I teared up a bit because I miss going to mass. I miss receiving the sacraments in mass. And, uh, and Tito Joe, you know, he begged off a bit to make, to make the time a bit later. And I knew why. Because I knew Cardinal Taglio was giving his recollection in, in, in Italy. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're fortunate because uh, Tita Marianne, Michael, and Angelica, the four mm-hmm. of us, we stay together. And uh, every day, we hear Mass together. Wait. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. He doesn't so, want to show up for the camera. Okay. Uh, so sorry, Sorry she's not presentable. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Sorry for the interruption. Yeah. And, and Tito Joe, the other thing I want to tell people is that um, let, let's also, you know, sit sit around, talk a bit about some of your songs, and I'm sure some people want to want to hear you croon a bit about your songs here as well. And uh, we want we want to see that. So if you guys have any songs, special requests, if you have a favorite song from Tito Joe, uh, please let me know. Maybe he can sing a couple of lines for you here tonight. So all those listening to us here right now live, uh, we've got people listening to me. Uh, on on my on on live on RJ Desma Facebook and of course bounce back official and on my page, uh, please let me know what song you want to hear Tito Joe sing so he can sing it for you here tonight or, as well. Okay, if you want me to answer any question, you know. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Tito Joe, for joining us. So one of the first things I, I really wanted to ask you know is, is really stepping back and finding out you know you you're a busy man. You've you've got both your career in singing, in your career in business, but what's a typical day like for you, especially during this pandemic? What's it been like for you? Well, every day I'm still able to go to office here in Makati. Oh, wow. uh, we run a skeletal force. You know, we have 25 people, but then they come in. Some come in on Mondays, Tuesdays, and so on. And, uh, and then they work from home. So I'm still able to work. For, I, I go for about an hour, two hours, and then I come straight home. I take a shower and then, you know, so, but um, today we heard mass because precisely it's the, it's the birthday of Our Lady. And That's then right. we, we said the, the Holy Rosary. We hope, very important. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm so happy to just, that's why I get so inspired by you. You're somebody I, I look up to and aspire to be when I get to be as young as you. <laughs> and uh, Tito Joe, can I just ask, um, up to now, I mean, you seem to still be, I mean, I've been watching you doing your ads online and singing and dancing and, and making memes for, for, shop, for an online shopping platform. What continues to keep you very motivated and sharp, both in business and in, 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 in doing your music? Do you, do, you, do you exercise? Do you read books? Do you listen to the latest music? What's, what's like, what's, what do you do? No, I certainly don't listen to the current music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because somehow... Uh, the current music, I cannot relate to it. I'm sorry mm-hmm. uh, to, the, to the young people who are tuned in. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't mean to put you down, but I guess it's just, uh, it's so foreign to me now, foreign sounding. It's beat. And, yeah. Because I've always believed, RJ, mm-hmm. that a good song is like a marriage, a good marriage between husband and wife, a good marriage between words and music. Mm-hmm. So if the music is, the beat is catchy and you want to dance to it, but perhaps the words that it, you know, don't mean a thing. So 
it's not a you know it's like saying yeah he's a he's a good wife but the husband well you know <laughs> yeah. so whereas the generation that I belong to mm-hmm. let's start even back to the 1930s 40s 50s 60s 70s mm-hmm. and even up to the 80s there was a wonderful marriage of words and music songs that you could relate to that you could listen and agree and you know and say yes i know that i i can feel that because i've gone through something like that so I, yeah. so i have to admit that i don't uh, listen to the current music anymore okay what do i do in the morning as soon as i wake up mm-hmm. and this is the truth i give thanks for the gift of life i give thanks for enough for the gift of another day i give thanks for the gift of good health for the gift of family i give thanks for the gift of my business and for the gift of music and then i go on the treadmill i don't run i just do brisk walking you know for about 40 45 minutes until i sweat and then i cool down take a shower then i start my i have breakfast with met with tita marian with mm-hmm. michael and jalika Then I go to the office for about an hour, two hours, and then I come home, and I spend time with Marianne. We share wow. story, yeah, and yeah. So that's that's a typical day for me. But uh, very important, we hear mass online. Sometimes, every day. Yes, sometimes it's the Santuario de San Antonio, or sometimes it's the uh, Catholic uh, TV network abroad in the U.S. Yes, yes, Massachusetts or. Uh, and then uh, also we hear a mass at the Jescom, the Radio Katipunan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we listen to the readings and the gospels, and it strengthens our faith. You know, when before this pandemic, I would only go to mass every Sunday. That's all, every Sunday. But now, I'm beginning. I'm beginning to appreciate the liturgy. I'm beginning to appreciate. The Blessed Sacrament. How wonderful, And, Peter Joe! I, I just want—I wanted to share with you as well, which is very nice because I'm working with uh, uh, Anthony Lutero. He runs a company called Filipino Homes out of Cebu, and I'm helping him grow his business in Manila. But the thing I want to share is why why it was so important for me to work with him is because it's the first company uh, that I work for where every 10 p.m. they have a Zoom rosary, so you pray the rosary together with everybody across, across the country. And I think one of the things I gained during this during this pandemic was the 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 the, the regular habit of, of of praying the rosary uh, during this particular pandemic. And I think it's really I, I can see the changes that that have really occurred uh, in my own life. Now, having said that, let's see first if anybody requests a song uh, right now. What song do you want to sing? Tito Joe's here right now. What song? Franco Chan, your son is listening here right now. <laughs> okay, Franco, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Tito Jose, okay, go. Maybe you've got a song that, uh, that 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 comes to your mind to start okay, things off. Well, um, there's a new Christmas song that I had written about seven years ago, and it's one of 22 new mm-hmm. songs in my new Christmas album called "Going Home to Christmas." Mm-hmm. Do you have a copy of that, RJ? Not yet, Tito. You can you can send one to me right now. I'll I'll, I'll get it from you here. <laughs> okay, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow I'll send you a copy. Okay, thank but you, since, thank you. since Franco is online and watching this, 
Uh, I hope that my granddaughter is also watching. Vivi, love you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, Franco was one of the guest singers in this latest album. And we have a song called Christmas Moments. Oh, lovely. And essentially, it's I, I assigned a verse to each child. So How nice. I, yeah. I remember my Christmas when I was 10. Oh, what I would give to be a young boy again. And then to my daughter, I remember my Christmas at 17. My, my daddy and mommy made me feel like a queen. A pretty box tied with a ribbon was wrapped under the tree. And inside was a pair of beautiful shoes, a pair of shoes for me. And then for Joe, I remember my Christmas at 25, the love of a wife and the gift of a child. And for Franco, this is the most important uh, message of that song. I remember my Christmas when we went around. Daddy drove us down to some orphans in town. We gave some goodies away. Happy faces made our day. We learned that giving and sharing is the real Christmas way. Wow! Palakpakan naman dyan! Yung mga nakikinig, palakpakan naman dyan! Where can you get a live performance uh, from Tito Joe Marie Chan? Tito, thanks so much! Uh, and people are commenting like right now, they feel like that they're children again, Tito Joe. You're bringing them back to their childhood as you perform. And uh, you know, every time I hear you, I always get this feeling I'm listening to like Neil Sedaka or Paul Anka. I mean, for me, I mean, it's not is that is that right? Am I am I mistaken or is it is it well? There? Because when I started composing, I was oh probably 13, 15 years old. Oh, oh. and what what uh, drove me to become a songwriter was because that was the time when the Neil Sedakas and the Paul Ankas and the Teddy Randazzo came on board. Before them, Frank Sinatra. Perry Como, Doris Day were singing songs that were written for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for the first time, a breed of singer-songwriters came. Paul Anka, Neil Sedaka, Teddy Randazzo, they were singing their own songs. And so, wow, that's really expressing themselves. So that's that's why I also connected with Paul Anka and Neil Sedaka. And I, and I did meet Neil Sedaka personally. Oh, how was that like? <laughs> yeah, well, he came to uh, Manila for a concert. And at that time, a good friend of mine, Bobby Nung, who was a radio DJ, a good friend of mine, invited me to fly from Iloilo to fly to Manila. And he took me with him to Araneta Coliseum. And I personally met Neil Sedaka. And for the first time, I was tongue-tied. I didn't know what to say. (laughs) He was was my idol standing in front of me. And I could have, if he had asked me, okay, name me the titles of my songs. I would have been there the whole night (laughs) giving the titles of his songs. Oh, Carol. (laughs) I'm but a fool. I I love it, Ita Joe, because the idea is that I, I see right now where the inspiration or the how informs your songs. Your songs are songs which have to come from you. I mean, that, that's how I see it. It's not 
nothing is written for you. It comes from you. And like I said, it's wonderful that you're sharing that for you, songs are like a, a marriage of, 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 of a husband and wife, that the words and, and the and melody have to come together and the, and the lyrics have to come together. And that's a wonderful I, thing to share with Yes. I always say that music is the language of the soul. And so when you write a song, you're putting not only your heart into it, but you're also your soul into it. And the basic rule there is honesty. You cannot come up with contrived words. They have to come from your heart. I see. I see. Yeah. And then that's why, that's why, that's now I get to see it. When, when I, when I relook again now at, at, at the music that you perform, now I start understanding where it's coming from. It wasn't just written to create a song. It was written uh, from here. From the heart. From the so, so when you wrote Beautiful Girl, that was Tita Mary Ann that you were talking about over there. No, no. When I wrote Beautiful Girl in 1989, we had already been married many years. Don't forget, we got married in 1970. Oh, wow. Okay. So this year, thank God, we have been married 50 years. Well, congratulations so, on your golden anniversary, Tita Joe. We celebrated our golden wedding anniversary last March 10. We celebrate. We had a small celebration in Baguio, where mm. our children and grandchildren joined us, and it was wonderful. There was a full moon in the sky, and it was a wonderful uh, celebration. And then March 12, we drove down to Manila, and three days later, lockdown. lockdown. <laughs> perfect, perfect timing. Yeah. So who was Beautiful Girl written for, Tito Joe? Because that's what no. stuck to my head. Okay, Beautiful Girl was because we were coming out with an album. Mm-hmm. The album was called Constant Change. Yes, and yes. it was going to be my first album after an absence of 11 years yes, when we were yes. living in the States. And so I needed to have new songs. And so Beautiful Girl was written uh from an from my memory you know putting myself as a young man who had met this girl okay the story behind beautiful girl is pretend i'm a young man in a big party and from a distance i saw this girl and very good looking girl and i told myself before the end of this evening i'm going to introduce myself to her i'm going to meet her okay but in the course of the party and so on, all of a sudden, she was gone. So that's the theme of Beautiful Girl. Beautiful Girl, wherever you are, I knew I had, you had opened the door. I, I knew that I'd love again, but I've lost you like a song in the night. So Beautiful Girl, wherever you are, I'll search on for you. That's the story of Beautiful Girl. I have lost you like a song in the night. Okay, what's the story? What's the point of a song in the night? Because RJ, many times I'm about to sleep and a melody comes to mind. A new melody. Oh, nice. Okay, tomorrow morning, as soon as I wake up, I remember this melody. And then when the morning comes, I've lost that song. It's a song in the night. 
And so from that time on, every time a, 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 a beautiful melody comes to mind, even no matter how sleepy I am, I get up and write down the notes so that I remember it the next day. Like a song in the night, I lost that girl. But again, that's a work of fiction, putting myself as a, on the role of a, of a young man being attracted to a girl. Yeah. I can really relate because I'm, I'm a writer and I used to do non-creative fiction writing. And sometimes, you know, it's like also when you write, you, there's, there's a certain set of words that you have of how you put together words and, and, and images in your head. If you don't take it down at once and you say, okay, you're going to go to sleep, you will forget it the following day. It won't be the, exactly the same form that you Correct. thought of. And it's usually, during the, it's usually during the twilight hours when it happens, you know, when you're about to sleep, when sometimes you get your best um, inspiration um, coming out over there. Now, Tito Joe, let's go, let's try another, let's try maybe, uh, people here want to hear uh, another, another song, uh, maybe Tito Joe. Well, what's another nice, good song that, they, that we can sing right now? Uh, somebody here, Eleanor says she really remembers Fancy Meeting You. Is that something okay. you like? Okay. Uh, can we just stop and talk a while? I wrote that in 1973 and very hurriedly. Why? Why? Yeah. I got a call from Vic Del Rosario of <laughs> Vicor Music. And he said to me, Joe, there is a world popular song festival in Japan. And they're, they're looking for a Philippine entry, a song to represent the Philippines. Can you write a song so that I could send it to Japan? But I have, I want you to know that I've also asked three or four other composers. So I cannot promise you that your song will be picked. But can you please, okay, when do you need it? This week. I need it right away. Okay. So I said, okay. So I, I was challenged to write a song that would appeal to the global market. This is a world popular song festivals where 48 countries, 49 countries were going to compete. So I came up with a melody and then very quickly the words. So fans, fancy meeting you alone in the crowd. Couldn't help but notice your smile while everybody else around us is going about. Can we just stop? And talk a while. So I remember getting the guitar and I told Tita Mary Ann, honey, I want to sing you a new song and I'd like to get your opinion. So after the song, she said, yeah, it's pretty, um, <laughs> but I don't think it will be a hit. <laughs> well, first of all, the title is too long. Can we just stop and talk a while? Too long. So anyway, I submitted the song to Vic and hoped, hoped you know, that, that my song would be picked. And true enough, it was my song that was chosen. So Tita Marianne and I went to Japan, to wow. Tokyo, and I performed the song in front of 10,000 people at the famous Nippon Budokan Hall. And I competed against 48 other countries. Uh, I know I I was nervous singing with a with a full orchestra, but oh. unfortunately the song did not win. The winner was Italy, Japan, and U.S. But the good thing was 
when I came back to the Philippines, I was surprised. It became a radio hit. And wow. soon after that, it sold a lot of records. So I guess, you know, I don't mind not winning in Japan. But in my own, in my own country, my countrymen approved of the song and took it into their hearts. So that's the story of Can We Just Stop and Talk a While? Wonderful story, Tito Joe. And, and uh, up to now, it's still a song that people keep on singing. That, like you said, uh, there's a timeless, there's, a, there's really, if I step back, there's really a timeless quality to your songs. It, for me, it appears that, Kunyare, if I listen to Beautiful Girl or Can We Just Stop and Talk a While, it feels like it's still on the same album, you know, for, for, for me, as far as I'm concerned. Is that right? Is that, is that a, a feeling? That's what I feel. Yeah, but 1973 and 1989. <laughs> I, I know, but it's, it's, there's, a big, uh, there's a big difference. But for me, it feels like I could just be listening to the same, to the same album. Uh, and, well, and... yeah. Uh, in another way of saying it, your music still sound alike. <laughs> <laughs> your music has not changed. Yeah. Well, or the better, better way for me to put it, the music is timeless. And that, that's how I like to think of your music, Tito Joe. Now, Thank if you don't mind, I want to take a step back and, and really take a look more at what I call the secret origin of when, when you started doing this one. Because I, I know you, you come from a Filipino-Chinese family. And, you know, if you do come from that sort of a background, what they expect is that you go into business, right? You, you don't, you know, uh, show business is not something that you should look at as a lucrative career. But at the same time, you were, you were a very good performer. So how did you seem to, like, manage that at the very start when you were still living in, in, uh, in Negros? In Iloilo, in Iloilo, yeah. Well, as a background, my father was only 13 years old when he migrated to the Philippines from China. He came from an impoverished family. He lost his father when he was only 10, and the mother, the the widow, had to take care of about seven other children. Wow. So there was like a grand uncle who had come to the Philippines ahead. And one day, that granduncle had a dream, a dream that my grandfather appeared to him and asked him to please help because he had a son named Antonio Chan Buntui, that's my father, in China, and who has a bright future in the Philippines. So please help him to come to the Philippines. And so my granduncle, when he woke up, it felt like my, my grandfather had just visited him. So he wrote a letter and sent money to my grandmother, asking, him, asking her to help bring my father to the Philippines. And that's how my father came. So with that background, my father started his business from scratch. He worked very hard to build his business. It took him many, many years. And although he saw me that he that I loved singing, that I enjoyed singing, he sort he sort of tolerated it until later on when I got to college, he then had a heart-to-heart talk with me and he told me that it was his dream for me, being the eldest in the family, to one day take over his business. And so he said, I know you love singing. I know you love music, uh, but you can always do that as a hobby. And I want you to concentrate and 
you know, train yourself and I'll train you into taking over the business one day. And so in 1965, Pete Roa of ABS-CBN came to the house to ask for my father's permission because <laughs> Pete, Roa, Pete Roa had seen me uh, doing MC, like the, like the work you do, mm-hmm. doing MC in combo concerts, campus festivals, song festivals. And they felt that, you know, that I was doing a good job. So they asked me if I could host a TV show on Channel 9. The show is called Nine Teeners. And so when he asked my father's uh, permission, initially my father said, of course, no. <laughs> but I guess he saw the glint in my eyes. He saw the, the excitement in my face. And so to make a long story short, my father said, okay, I'll agree on two conditions. One, that his grades will not suffer. And second, don't pay him a salary. (laughs) So RJ, I hosted that show. I'll get around 19ers, I'll come around 19. And I was the host in, you know, introducing bands like the Tilt Down Men of Tito Soto. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so I did that for about a year until finally I realized my studies were much more important. So, uh, but it was fun doing it for, for one year as a TV host and not getting paid for it. <laughs> so you, in other words, you, you, were, you, were, you were working for Free Soul Your Dad. I, he did that so maybe you wouldn't get, I guess, tempted to go fully to show business when you saw the money coming in. That's the wisdom. If I got paid for doing something I loved, I would never give it up anymore. You see? I remember in 1992, I had a concert in Carnegie Hall in New York. Wow. And my father was in the audience. And after the show, he came backstage. And I was surprised. I didn't know he was there. (laughs) So so he said, well, congratulations. Napuno mo yung, ano, napuno mo yung Carnegie Hall. Marami kang friends. <laughs> I, said, I said, Papa, they're called fans. So I said, well, whatever. <laughs> and he said to me, so now that you have made Carnegie Hall, don't you think it's time to retire? Don't retire when you're on your way down. You retire at the top. You've done Carnegie Hall. You've got a standing ovation. So I said, Pa, don't forget, no one retires from a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess, you know, I had to keep a balance between my work and my love for music, my being a singer-songwriter. So over the years, and I and I thank my late father now for being tolerant and supportive. I did concerts. I, I, I wrote more songs. I did several albums. But I showed him that I never neglected the business. That's very interesting because I, I seem to parallel your own career that, you know, we have the family business. We have my own business. We have my own business. And I also have... a. a, a 
hosting as well. And having said that, no, how, how do you? I, I guess the bigger thing is how do you know how to how to decide across all these things? Because you know, um, sometimes you know, your 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 the the show business does make some money. The the business makes some money as well. How do you? I mean, given all the wisdom that you've gained over the past years and all the albums that you've written, how do you make that sort of? How do you strike a balance of knowing? Okay, I give enough time to the show business and to business. The most important rule for me is priority. Okay, many times, RJ, I've been invited to do concerts, for example, in Singapore or or even Tokyo, and if it clashes with with my business schedule, I politely decline. Uh, but thank God, um, I don't naman get that many offer, so I'm able to to juggle both work. I see, Tita. And then priority. Okay. Priority. That's what my wife and my my mom and my dad keep on telling me on a regular basis. Priorities, RJ. Priorities. Oh, Tita Joe. Uh, another song, naman there. What what other song would you like to hear from Tita Joe tonight? Uh, if people aren't commenting right now, tell me, Tita Joe, what, what song do you? What song are you in the mood to, to to share with us? Maybe a song that's meaningful to you. Another song. Okay, something I wrote for Tita Marianne when we celebrated our silver wedding anniversary. The song is called "Thank You Love." Uh, it never became a hit. You know, that's also a frustration of mine. You know, when I write songs. I consider each song like a child of mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And naturally, I want my child to succeed in life, to fulfill this potential. And sad to say, there have been many songs that I felt had potentials of becoming hits, but sometimes radio did not support it. <laughs> and so, you know, they never leave the the disc that was recorded on. And so this song that I wrote for Marianne on our 25th wedding anniversary, it's better if I recite the words okay, more than singing it because I don't have a piano here to accompany me and a cappella somehow loses part of that, uh, part of the meaning. Okay, so the words go, Thank you for the smile that never fails to brighten my day. For the tender look when you gaze at me with eyes that warm my heart. For the music of your laughter, touch that makes my pulse go faster. Thanks for all the memories of a lifetime. Thank you for the fire that you have set ablaze within me. With your kisses, you've awakened this old heart from its slumber. I feel like 17 again, and it's all because of you. Thanks for choosing me from all the rest, though I'm far from being the best. Most of all, I want to thank you, love, for loving me. Hey, you. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening pleasure. Wonderful choice of podcast, by the way. My name is Sam O, and I have a podcast too. It's called The Narrow Door. It's an ecumenical podcast, which means we talk about everything Christian. I mean, I got a panel on everything, so go give it a listen after this one, okay? All right, thanks. See you there. Hi, this is Sanaya, and I'm a well-being junkie. It's true, I admit it. I love everything to do with mind, body, and energy, and I'm constantly on a journey of learning, exploration, and self-discovery. 
So I created a podcast to talk to experts, influencers, and thought leaders to be inspired by new ideas. So join me on the Project Loving Myself podcast, because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship you have with yourself. You are loved. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast, kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. Parang marami na in love siya, Tito John. Look at the... At the inbox right now, another chat boxes, they're going wild over there. Then they really appreciate uh, where it's coming from. Uh, I, I can feel right now um, the love coming from the people listening and understanding that there's really a deeper message whenever you hear a song from uh, Jose Marie Chan. Now, Tito, I know that you were at the top of your game, I guess, before you left for the States. Is that right? I mean, for me, you mean you, were, you had a career in, in singing and you were doing sugar. Why did you leave for the States at the time? That's, I think okay. that's 1975, right? 75. Well, because when martial law was declared by President Marcos, the first thing that he did was to nationalize the sugar industry. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, at that point in our lives, my father was a mere sugar trader, buying from planters and selling to industrial users. Buying and selling. He was a trader. And overnight, Marcos nationalized the sugar industry and said, from now on, planters can no longer sell to traders. The planters will will sell their sugar directly to the government. Mm. And so overnight, we lost our business. So we had two years to think about it. And eventually, my father felt that he was too young to retire. So he said to me, you know what? For many years, I would export sugar to the United States. I was a trader, exporter. Why don't we go to the U.S. and try our luck there? And so in 75, I took my whole family with me. We went to New York and we set up a small company in New York to buy and sell sugar from Peru, the Dominican Republic, from Honduras, from Bolivia, and importing them into the United States. So for 11 years, I was doing that. And believe me, RJ, I had a very tough 11 years. It was difficult doing business there because we were competing with the big guys. We were competing with the companies that we used to sell sugar to. It was tough. And I only came back in 86 because, thank God, we had the EDSA revolution. I see. Okay. And when Marcos was, uh, uh, what should you call this, was removed, then President Cory Aquino, um, she brought back the private sector to the sugar business. She again privatized the sugar industry. And so we were back in business. Oh. And at that time... My father said, you know, I'm getting old. Let's go one step further. I want to buy a sugar factory, a sugar central. So now 
from being just a trader, we will now be a sugar miller. And so I that's see. what. So, in other words, nowadays we call, we call it backward integration. So you're you're getting the whole uh, supply chain, the whole value chain when it was doing sugar. But did from, from your eleven years in the states, especially competing against the big boys, I'm sure it was tough, and, and you you wanted to come home. I mean, that that's not an easy decision to make. What did you learn? What what did you pick up from doing all that? One from all the hard work and the difficult times there. What what is the best lesson that you were able to get from business that you're able to use right now? I learned that in business, it's walang uh, kaibigan. You know, you have to compete fairly and squarely. No quarters asked, no quarters given. And so that's what I learned in New York. New York, it's dog eats dog. <laughs> wow. And that, that, that went on for you for 11 years. Yeah, but at least here in the Philippines... Um, it's not exactly dog eats dog. There is still some uh, personal uh, element in it. And Tito, when you were there also as well, you left behind a, a, a well, you had basically a singing career. How did that feel when all of a sudden you were removed from that environment where, where people knew you and when you had a, you were popular? I'm, I'm sure that it was also, it did affect you in a bit, in a, in a, or you know, you, you did miss it. I continued to write. I continue. I continue to compose. As a matter of fact, um, I sent songs back to the Philippines for other singers to sing. Mm. I bet you didn't know that. No, I, I read about it, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know what songs these were. The Apple Hiking Society. They were very popular during those days, mm-hmm. and I gave them a song. The song is called Ang Nobya Kong Sexy. The lyrics were written by uh, Jim Paredes and uh, they recorded that song and it became the theme song of a movie. And then Celeste Legaspi was a big star. So I gave her a song. Mamang Sorbetero, anong ngalan mo? Tida mong ice cream, gustong gusto ko. You know that song, don't you? Yes, I do, Tita Joe, yeah. So that was great. So that kept your creative juices at least flowing even when you were in the States. Yes. And in 1977, I was on my second year in the U.S. Uh, someone called me and said, there's going to be a Metropop Song Festival. A what? Metropop Song Festival. Patterned after what you joined in Tokyo. Except that it's a local contest for a Filipino song. Oh, wow. So, okay. I was prepared. I had a melody, but it had no words. Make a long story short, I got Janet Basco. I said, Janet, help me naman with the lyrics because I want it this time to be in Tagalog. So, Rolando S. Tino, the late wow. professor from the Ateneo, got my melody and wrote beautiful words to it. Minsan pa magkatagpong muli 
Minsan pa kung ako'y swerte, asa ko'y wala namang kundi ang mangyari na... Okay, anyway. Wow! So, I, I submitted that song to the to the met to the first metro pop song festival and i was really hoping hoping that it would win unfortunately it was a finalist but it didn't win any of the top three prizes never mind anyway so but that song became a staple for mga sing contests you know people would sing that song because they like and i always told rolando estino that What a perfect combination, words and music. Which is close to your heart, which is exactly your philosophy when it comes to yeah. creating songs. And, okay, yeah. my, my philosophy is never give up. Two years later, I wanted to join another Metropop song festival. Okay? So this time, I said, I have to write a better song. And there was this melody that, that I was composing at the piano. Again, it had no words. So there was an advertising man that I worked uh, with several times doing jingles. His name was Jimmy Santiago. And I said, Jimmy, here is a melody. Wow, ganda, sabi niya. Nice melody, sabi niya. And you know what? I have an idea. The lyrics that I'm going to write for, for this song will relate to you. To me? Yes. Because... You are a an OFW working mm-hmm. abroad. So I'm going to write this song uh, from your point of view. So we came up with a song called Hahanapin ko Ang awit at ang tinig mo Pag nalayo sa'yo Hahanapin ko ang halakak mo kahit na kung saan da ako. You know, if you listen to the words of Hahanapin Ko, you will feel that it's an anthem. It's a song dedicated to our modern heroes, the OFWs working abroad, sending their hard-earned dollars into the Philippines, and they've been supporting our economy. Billions of dollars every year. Every year, Tito Joe. Really so, wonderful story. Mm. Okay, so we, we submitted that song again. It's a 1979 Metro Pop. Again, RJ, the song did not win. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, it did not discourage me because my philosophy in life, and I tell my children, I teach them this philosophy, the blow that will not break you will strengthen you. That's right. That's right. That's in right. Life, in life, you will get knocked down, but not knocked out. You will only be down if you stay down. So if you're knocked down, don't get knocked out. You stand up and try again. And that's sort of exactly what we need right now during this pandemic when many people are feeling that they're knocked down, especially during this time. Um, By the way, having said that, how are you guys doing? How have you been doing the, the sugar the sugar trading, the, the sugar business during this time of the pandemic? Okay. Um, fortunately, because it's food, uh, they don't lock down the sugar mills. We have to continue because the planters, the sugar farmers, continue to grow the crop because they need income. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
you know, and we need the food. We need the sugar. Sugar is an important staple in our in our diet. So uh, the sugar mill continues to operate because the farmers bring their sugar cane to us and we crush it for them and we produce brown sugar. And from the brown sugar, we bring it into our refinery and we produce refined white sugar for the markets. We, we supply the soft drink industry, the beverage industry, and other industrial users. Was anything disrupted during, I mean, there was a disruption of the food supply initially at the start of the pandemic. Did you experience any sort of uh, disruption as well with the, with, the, with the sugar production and the sugar delivery? No, thank God. No, no. Um, slight disruption, but no. But what is hurting us most now is the importation. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that we can produce enough sugar to feed our people. But Sometimes, you know, the, the, how should I say, the temptation for quick money is there. I'm not accusing anyone, but industrial users want cheaper sugar. So they can get cheaper sugar from Thailand. So they bring them in. Okay. So I cannot really blame them because it's business. But at the same time, I pray and I hope that the industrial users will give a chance to our sugar farmers who are working very hard to raise their crop. Thanks so much. And what's nice, Tito Joe, especially among um, millennials like uh, Franco who's listening here right now. So, Franco Chan, I want, to just say, I want to just say what Franco said over here. Your song, Hahanapin Ko, even rings close to the heart of our current distant heroes, our frontliners who have to socially distance themselves from their family. Thanks so much, for, Franco, for sharing that. And Tito Joe, you know, nowadays, especially among the millennials, a lot of them have this feeling that if we purchase nowadays, when we buy products, they want to buy with meaningfulness and relevance. So hopefully when they buy a product, if they're asking, if they have to buy between two refined sugars, they would rather buy one which helps the farmers in the Philippines. And, and that's one, one point that we want to we wanna stress, if there's a story behind the sugar. Absolutely. Especially, RJ, because, you know, when uh, President Cory Aquino... Uh, instituted the agrarian reform program, the land reform. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the big ascenderos, the big landed sugar uh, planters mm-hmm. are gone. Their farms have been cut up and given to the small guys, to the small farmers, five hectares, five hectares. And so now majority, if not all, of the sugar farmers out there are the marginalized sugar farmers whom we should help, whom we should help. Because that was the intention of the land reform. Yes, yes. You know? mm-hmm. Understand. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, that's, that's a really great story. And hopefully one of these days we'll have a song about our marginalized sugar farmers because uh, that, that's something close to your heart. Eh? So maybe uh, it's an inspiration to think of something. Just like your song, Hanapin, which is really which, you know, some people are saying right now, my friend Nana Nadal is saying, what happened after Hahanapin? Did you come back to Metropop and finally get number one? Or, or did you ever no. win the Metropop? No, I, I joined Metropop only twice and I lost both times. But you know what? Hahanapin Ko has remained a favorite song of singers. Martin Yavera has done a version of it. And recently, Lea Salonga, 
did a beautiful version of Hahanapilko. You should hear it, RJ. Maybe I'll send you a copy. Yes, please. And the thing about yourself is they're very enduring. She was accompanied by Gerard Salonga conducting the ABS-CBN Orchestra. Wow. Fabulous version. And I told Leah, who's my goddaughter, by the way, I told her, you bring tears to my eyes when I listen to you express the longing of an OFW to come home to their country. Lovely, 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 Tito Joe. Um, Tito Joe, I, I want to move on, no? Because when you were, you were in the States and you came back in 1986, there are two things you had to adjust to. Number one is you came back, you had to start, your, you had to resume business. That must have been, you know, uh, very scary to do. So it must have been terrifying to, to resume business. But the second thing you did also is that you restarted your career after an 11-year absence, which for me is incredible. How were you able to do both? I mean, didn't you have a bit of cold feet doing both business? At the same time, you were also getting back into show business. Well, I was fortunate that I had a good, supportive record producer. The company was called WEA, Warner Electro Atlantic, which uh, has since become Universal Records. Okay, mm-hmm. And my record producer was the late Belia D. Tan. Belia Tan. And she's also the producer of Gary V, uh, Mark Nivera, and all the other singers. And so when I came home, Tamang Tama, they were launching the first CD. <laughs> the first CD in the market. I mean, the rec- you know, the vinyl records, goodbye. You know, the cassettes, goodbye. Eight tracks, no more. Tell so wala, wala. It, it was the launching of the compact disc, the CD. And so Belia talked to me and said, Joe, I want to reintroduce you to this market. But I said, am I not too old? No. (laughs) No, it's your songs. Okay, so I said, all right. But we need one original song. We will come out with a CD called A Golden Collection. It will feature... Your songs from 1967, 68, 71, 72, 75, 76, 77, you know. But we need a new song that will introduce you to the young generation of record buyers. And what was that song? Tell me your name. You're lovely. Please tell me your name. You know that song, RJ? Yes, yes, of course, Peter Joe. That's why I'm a big smile on my face right now. Yeah. And I was fortunate that that song became a, a hit, you know. And so that song reintroduced me to the young generation of record buyers. And so that led, that success led me now to constant change. Belliatan said, okay, Joe, we're ready for an album of all new songs. So that's when I began to put together new material including this song that I wanted to mention today. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a major hit. Um, one day, I was doing a show in Cebu, and my co-host there was Sherry Hill, Sherry Hill. the daughter of Eddie Mesa. Mm-hmm. And during the break and during the intermission, Sherry Hill and I had a long chat. She was telling me about her relationship with her dad, Eddie Mesa. 
And I was moved. I was touched by her story. And I promised her, I said, Sherry, I want to write a song from your point of view, singing a song, a love song to your father, to your daddy. Oh, she was excited. She thought maybe I was making bola. Okay. But immediately, <laughs> immediately I, I worked on it. And one day she got a call from me. I said, Sherry, where can we meet? You know where we met? At the church of, in Green Hills, Santuario de San Jose. You know the church in Green Hills? Yes, yes. yes. Oh. It was uh, around two o'clock in the afternoon. The church was empty and we met and we sat there at one of the pews. And I said, Sherry, I'm going to sing you the song which I wrote for you. Sing me your song again, Daddy. Sing me that happy verse. Teach me those clever rhymes you sang as you carried me on your shoulders. Sing me that hymn that you so loudly sang in church with Mom. Sing it again and sing with all your words of wisdom. Sing wow. your song again, Daddy. I saw tears in her eyes. And I said, Sherry, no one else will sing this song but you. And so that song became a part of the album Constant Change. And among the songs in Constant Change, wow. Beautiful Girl, Please Be Careful With My Heart, Can't We Start Over Again, uh, Sing Me Your Song Again, Daddy, uh, My Girl, My Woman, My Friend, and many others. And I was blessed, I was fortunate that Constant Change became the first ever Diamond Record awardee in sales. Because wow. prior to that album, no other album had sold that many copies. So wow, it was Joe. a blessing, RJ. What a great story. And Tito Joe, how does it feel like when, when you think about it right now? Like for me, you know, when people read my fiction, and they tell me about it. I get so excited because I, I don't have, you know, people like it. Uh, how does it feel right now when you when you hear like, in the karaoke, top hit came, Please Be Careful With My Heart, or it was a song of the, one of the most popular uh, 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 TV shows, right? How does, how does that feel for you? When Please Be Careful With My Heart uh, was very, was a major hit, and it became a title of one of the teleseries in ABS-CBN. Mm -hmm. You know what it felt like, RJ? It felt like one of my sons who had gone to master's and doctorate became the president and chairman of a bank. So proud. I'm proud to see my son becoming successful in life. It's equivalent to hearing your song becoming a big hit. That's the feel. Because as I told you, my songs are like my children, you know. Does wow. that make sense? Makes sense to me, Tito Joe. If somebody, you know, some, the thing about it, sometimes I'm sure that sometimes you write something with so much passion and it doesn't become the number one. And some other songs you just write so quickly that that's a song but that becomes so popular for people. I feel that happens to you a lot, no? Yes. I had one song, for instance, that I was really hoping and praying that the radio stations would pick it up and play it on radio. Uh, if you don't mind, I will relate again. I would narrate the yes, lyrics of that song. It's called, If We Only Had More Time Together. You know, because I always believe that 
Time is precious. It's the most precious commodity. It's, it's like an opportunity. It's here and tomorrow it's gone. As William Shakespeare said, life is but a shadow. And we're all like players and dancers strutting and fretting on stage and soon are gone and is heard from no more. So that's time. Okay. So the song is called, If We Only Had More Time Together. And the words go, there are things I wish I had told you. There are words that were left unspoken. It was sad that I had to see you go. Couldn't make you stay with me a minute longer. Love was all we had between us, but that wasn't enough to keep us. There was so much more we could have shared if we only had more time together. It's like saying goodbye to a place where I have left so much undone. We could have gone where we could follow the sun with not a care in the world as we run. But sometimes love has a way of not turning out right. It comes at the wrong time and leaves in the night. Had I known that I would lose you sooner, I would have tried to stretch the hours longer. And we might have loved each other more if we only had more time together. Tito Jo, ang galing naman. Kaka-in-love naman. Yung mga tao dito na na-in-love sa'yo, Tito Jo. Daming heart dito sa mga comment natin. Eh. <laughs> Tito Jo, so sorry. Everybody's asking me right now. They, they will do it with you kahit na sa bahay lang sila. If, it, if they're just listening. Please be careful with my heart daw, Tito Jo. Iyan lang yung talagang what people are asking for. Okay lang ba? But uh, please be careful with my heart is a duet. Di ba? Oh, the girls start- so they will do it. They will do it. <laughs> but can I hear them? They will do it now from the uh, you can't hear them, Tito Joe. I'll, I'll sing the girl's part na lang. <laughs> Put on a wig. <laughs> no. Uh, so the girl goes, If you love me like you tell me, please be careful with my heart. You can take it, just don't break it, or my world will fall apart. You are my first romance. And I'm willing to take a chance that till life is through, I'll still be loving you. I will be true to you. Just a promise from you will do from the very start. Please be careful with my heart. Because when I wrote that song, I put myself in the girl. What would I feel? What would I say to the guy? You know? I mean, it's not enough to say, do you love me? Say you love me. Please tell me you love me. Diba? Because if you break my heart, my world will fall apart. I can only promise you that I will love you till life is through. So from the very start, please be careful with my heart. Wow. And so, and so the reply is, I love you and you know I do. There'll be no one else for me. Promise I'll be always true for the world and all to see. Love is... Ah, oh, wait. Love is... Oh. <laughs> Even you forget yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, because I sometimes as I get older, I get forgetful. 
uh, promise I'll be always true for the world and all to see. Uh, Love us the badly broken. Hardly softly spoken. Love softly spoken. Love it. Oh my God. You know, Tita Mariana <laughs> has given me this uh, supplement that I take every day. And, you know, it, it really improves my memory. You know, uh, that medicine is called. Ano kasing tawag ng medicine on? It really improved my memory. <laughs> That's a joke. I know na. I know na. Sorry. Love has heard some lies softly spoken. And I have had my heart badly broken. I've been burned and I've been hurt before. So I know just how you feel. Trust my love is real for you. Promise I'll be always true for the world and all to love us. I'll caress it like the morning dew. No. I'll caress, I'll hold your heart like a morning dew. I'll be right beside I'll, you forever. I'll be right beside you forever. I won't let our world fall apart from the very start. I'll be careful with your heart. I apologize. My own words <laughs> and music. I've Sorry, your Tito Joe <laughs> is older. Senior mom, Tito Joe, so funny because when you started forgetting, people started sending me the lyrics over here in the comment box. <laughs> no, but you know, when, I, when I'm on stage and I'm singing it in front of Regine Velasquez or Sharon Cuneta or Janet Basco, I never forget the words. Why? Because <laughs> it's the minus one or the orchestra is playing. It comes to me like this. Love has heard some lies softly spoken, and I have had my heart badly broken. Oh, the Balaga rhyme. I've oh. been burned. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. See, Franco's clapping for you right now, Tito Joe. Uh, Tito Thank Joe, you, Frank. Uh, we, we've been going a bit longer, but really, the, the one thing I want to really uh, kind of, as we start to close off our discussion, is this one. You, you, you start becoming a meme. I mean, as a meme, you mean, you. Your picture comes out, and you know before Christmas happens, is that people see your picture coming in, and you know you are the meme for Christmas. How do you feel about that right now? That your song has become the Christmas anthem here in the Philippines. Well, that's the wish, that's the hope of every single songwriter, that their songs will outlive them, that long after they're gone, the songs will continue to be loved and appreciated and sung by people. So it is indeed gratifying. And every day I thank God for that gift of music that he has given me this song, Christmas in Our Hearts, that has touched the lives of people. So do we have time to tell you the story of how that song came about? Of course, Tita. People would love to hear the story. Yeah. Okay. You're sure, huh? <laughs> Yeah, you're yeah, not, okay, like, the first time so many people, people are still listening. So many people are still listening. Okay. So with the success of Constant Change, Belyatan, my record producer, suggested, Joe, let us strike the iron while it's hot. Take advantage of the success of Constant Change. 
your diamond record seller. Why don't we come up with a Christmas album? Yeah, I never, I'd never given it a thought to come out with a Christmas album. So what I did was to collect some of my favorite Christmas songs from the time I was growing up. And she said, no, 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 no. They want an original Christmas song because you are known as a singer-songwriter. Oh, nga, no? Yeah. <laughs> so I had to come up with a melody. And then I remembered. You know why? I feel that it was the hand of the Holy Spirit. You believe in that? The Holy yes, Spirit? Yes, of course. Yeah. And every morning, that's one of the prayers I pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the heart of your the faithful. Kindle in the fire, the fire by love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Okay. You know why? Then I remembered. This was in 1990. Okay. I remembered that two years before that, a good friend of mine, Chari Cruz, Chari Cruz Sarate, had asked me to set her poem to music. And it was going to be used in the Silver Jubilee of her high school class. The title of the poem was, Ang tubig ay buhay, da 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 So the poem was so lilting, so beautiful, it took me only a day to set it to music. And that melody, I remembered two years later, hey, I'm going to use that melody. And so I, I retrieved that song from the shelf and I mm-hmm. said, I'm going to work on this melody. I even, I even prayed to the Holy Spirit to inspire me. Okay. It was a Sunday morning, RJ. I was coming out of church from Mass when this young lady from out of nowhere came knocking on my windshield, introduced herself. Her name was Rina Kanyiza. She gave me a card and she said, I'm a budding songwriter and it is my dream, Mr. Chan, to one day collaborate with you. So, okay, Rina, thank you. And lo and behold, I thought of calling her to the house. She came to the house and I gave her the melody of Ang Tubig Ay Buhay. And over a period of a week, two weeks, after a few back and forth, back and forth, we completed the lyrics to Christmas in our hearts. Wow. So, okay. So I gave the song to Belia Tan. Belia. She said, yeah, it's a nice song. But, but what? But you're known to be a romantic balladeer singer, songwriter, give me a romantic Christmas song. Oh, <laughs> how long do I have? Just three days because, Joe Marie, it's already Burr month. We need to come out with this album right away. So I wrote the song, My idea of a perfect Christmas is to spend it with you. When she heard the song, she said, Yan. But instead, it was Christmas in our hearts. And did you know that my first choice for the duet was Lea Salonga? Wow. Yeah. Lea Salonga agreed right away. She liked the song. However, her recording company would not allow her to cross label. So second choice, Monique Wilson, 
and Belia was already rushing me. Joe, come on, let's record it now. Okay, okay, okay. So Monique Wilson went home with a song, and she said, I'm going to learn it. When are we recording? Tuesday next week. Okay, I will learn the song. Sunday night, she calls me. She had lost her voice. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I lost my voice. So I don't remember who it was that suggested that I go into the room of my daughter, Lisa, gave her a cassette, and I said, Liz, can you learn this song? What's this, Dad? I said, it's a Christmas song. Can you learn it? Okay. When do you want to record? Tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, the song was simple enough. She learned it, and the next day we recorded it, and the rest is history. And and Tito Joe, that that song, it sort of built up steam, right? I mean, it got bigger and bigger until it became iconic. When did you realize just how big that song had become? When did you realize that it was ushering in Christmas? Because people, diba? Pag Bermats, yung picture mo, dumalabas na eh, diba? How did you know it, it had reached its peak, that song? Well, because uh, children started singing it in school. Their teachers would teach the song to them to sing during their Christmas programs. Choirs began to sing it, began to include it in their repertoire. And, you know, I'll tell you a very interesting story. About six years ago, I was invited to Lanao del Norte, Lanao del Norte, a predominantly Muslim country. And this was in the middle of the year. I can't remember, April, May, June. I can't remember. And I did this concert in a big gym with about 2,000 people, predominantly Muslim in the audience. Mm -hmm. And I was singing hit after hit after hit after hit. After two hours of singing, they were saying, more, more, more. And I was running out of songs. And so I said, okay, what would you like me to sing? You know what? They asked for Christmas in our hearts. And this was in the middle of the year. Fortunately, my sound engineer had the minus one. And so I sang Christmas in our hearts there in front of Muslims. And believe it or not, they started to sing along with me. This season, may we never forget the love we have for Jesus. And these are Muslims who don't believe in Jesus. And that's when I realized that the song had transcended religion. The song had crossed border. I was so grateful to the Holy Spirit for inspiring me to write that song. Wow. And so I guess I realized that, yeah, thank God. This was God's gift to me after 55 years of being a singer-songwriter. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Tito Joe, a question lang. Your image, is, your, your image appears everywhere, right? Your image appears. How are you with that one? Especially when you, when you see your picture going like this. How do you feel about that when people, you know, they have jokes about you, memes? It's flattering. How do you feel about it yourself, though? I'm amused. I'm amused and I'm flattered, complimented, okay, complimented. Uh, although sometimes it goes out of hand. You know, like one time there was a meme said, Malapit na ko, kayo matagal pa. You know, and it's sort of discouraging to people when in fact in this time of the pandemic, we should give people hope. Hope that's deep, deeply rooted in their faith. 
hope that God will not um, leave us alone. God will not leave us alone to ourselves. As our Lord said, be not afraid for I am with you. So anyway, yeah, you lang comment ko about some of those beings. But overall, it's, it's a wonderful experience. In fact, you know what? So many people have been looking forward to listening to you because they feel that you are that their, their bright spot. It's something that, they, that gives them comfort to listen to your songs. Not just your old songs, but particularly uh, your Christmas songs here, here as well, Tito Joe. And you know what? If you don't mind, many people have been waiting for this last part. Baka konting, peding, konting Christmas in our hearts for the people okay. listening to us here right now. Uh, but again... Uh, I would like to encourage everyone to pray some more. You know, don't give up. Pray some more that this darkness will soon lift and show us a new dawn. That soon light is going to replace this darkness. In the meantime, while you're in darkness, be closer to your family. Be closer to your parents your wives, your, your husbands, your children. Get together with them in Zoom, Skype, FaceTime. Pray together and the Lord will listen. So uh, if you join me, I will sing some of the new words to my Christmas in our hearts. Whenever I hear girls and boys singing carols in my mind, I remember the past when everything was fine. Whenever I see people giving gifts to those in need, I believe this Christmas we should be there to lead. Let's open up our hearts for a bright tomorrow in any way we can and drive out all our sorrow. Let's sing Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. This season may we never forget the love we have for Jesus. Let him be the one to guide us as another new year starts. And may the spirit of Christmas be always in our hearts. God bless us all. Thank you. God bless each and God every. Bless us all, and God bless our beloved country, the Philippines. Let us remember the many millions of people who are out of work and are hungry. So those of us who have been blessed with sufficiency, let us now imitate Christ. Let us now share our blessings. Let's give comfort to the sick. Tito Joe, again, what a wonderful, wonderful message for us to start off the birth season. Now we can see why you are the true messenger of Christmas because uh, you're sharing with us that truly Christmas is in our hearts. I'm sure many of the guests here right now, all the people listening, um, this has been a, one of my more inspiring, motivating sessions. Um, Tito Joe, before I let you go, uh, there are people here listening to you. They are business people. They are future performers. Um, and you know, and, and you know, there during uncertain times, you've gone through uncertain times, both as a performer and as a businessman, as an as an entrepreneur. What are your final words for those people listening to you here right okay, now? Okay, well, to those of you who are not in business and are thinking of what to do, look around your community, look around your barangay, 
and see what need there is that you can fill. In fact, I have friends who, you know, have started little businesses. They're starting to make, uh, what do they call it? A queso de bola spread. And they've been giving it, selling it, you know? So I have had also, I have musician friends who have become uh, grab delivery boys, you know? So look around you. There are always needs that you can fill. And be patient, be patient. I know that at this moment, patience is a very difficult word. The Chinese word, the Chinese character for patience, you know what it is? It's the Chinese word for knife, and underneath that is a heart. Knife and a heart. That's the word for patience. So, yeah, that's my advice. Again, thank you so much, uh, Tito Joe. The man, the meme, the songwriter, and of course, our messenger for Christmas. Thank you so much for inspiring all of us as we enter into the Bermonts. Tito Joe, I keep you in my prayers and I hope that you keep me, you keep my, me and my family in your prayers here as well. I hope to see you and Tita Mary Ann and the rest of the Chan family very soon back in Mass. And tonight, tonight before we sleep, we, my wife and I, Tita Mary Ann and I, we pray the Holy Rosary. And we're going to offer the most holy rosary for your intentions. RJ, give my very best to your dad and your mom, uh, to baby and fortune. Say hello to them. Um, and I look forward to seeing you, as you said, to seeing you in church. Okay. Thank you so much, Tito Joe, and to Franco, and to everybody else watching. We really, really appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. We will see you next week again for the next RJ, the Desma podcast. Again, Tito Joe, uh, salamat, Gid. Marami, marami, salamat. Again, God bless everybody. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.